Blog Talk Radio. Um, very like um, 
vampy gothic type of dress, and she had a, a this black um, lace. It was sort of like a spider web lace kind of tiara on. And then I had this wig with, like, it was 10 feet high, you know, all teased up kind of hairdo, long, dark black hair like mine, but all high. And then I had a tiara on and everything, and I was wearing black. So naturally I stood outside of the ring and, like, kept them going, well, you know, I mean, look, we look exactly alike. (laughs) Oh, my God. I had a great time. It was really fun. And then so uh, when will the pictures be posted on your website? Oh, you no. Actually, I have pictures of Crystal already. Thank God they didn't get me in the picture. So I have two <laughs> pictures <laughs> of Crystal. They should have. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be more pictures like Jack, who's our, our resident photographer. His pictures haven't come out yet. I just saw Jenny, who's his wife, put up a couple of pictures uh, on, on Facebook on our, our Keystone Collie Club page. So... Um, There'll the be more pictures coming pictures. up. What was that? The public demands pictures, Lady <laughs> So, well, there will be pictures coming up, but we had a really fun time. And I know, I know it was probably a lot for Julie to take in. For us, this was a tiny dog show. I mean, there was probably, what would you say, Julie, 50 or 60 people or something like that there? Yeah, something like that. I mean, and we usually have it at the big dog shows, like about 1,000 people. And, right. You know, well, this is a good way for me to get started. <laughs> I ease my way into it. <laughs> and then sometimes, like, entries up to a 1,000 dogs. So it was, every, all the dogs were very well behaved. Did you notice that? I mean, being an outsider, not used to this, you probably Oh, my gosh, completely. So well behaved. The dogs were amazing. They, You know, you, Lady Fontaine gave me Crystal or the, I forgot the other dog's name. Your, Oscar. Um, Oscar's, Oscar's leash to hold. And they would follow me around, sit with me, not looking for you. I mean, they were so well-behaved and so easy to go to a stranger. They're just like kids that are child actors. Not every dog can be a show dog. It's true. They have to have the right temperament. I mean, if you gave Marlon Brando my dog to one of you strangers, he'd whimper and shake. He would not be happy. But that part of it is socialization um, we start really early, very, very early. Like everybody was so surprised how, you know, the puppy was on the grooming table and just, and I really, I had like three minutes. They're saying, Lady Fontaine, you have to be in the ring. And I'm going, and you never, the, the, the rules of showing dogs are you never keep the judge waiting, never. And I'm going, I'll be there in a few minutes. I need five minutes. So they were real thrilled. And then when I ran in there, like I've got chalk all over me and everything, so I explained to the judge I just got out of the crypt. So, and she got a kick out of it. But they didn't, I mean, I didn't even, you know, with the puppy, didn't do anything. I got second place under both judges because I, I'm sure because I kept everybody waiting. But, like, I had no time to get this puppy groomed. And I'm, I'm just, like, throwing stuff here and there. And I'm, I have to, we train the ears to, to do a certain thing with collies. And, um, you know, I had to get all the glue out of his ears, and it hurts. Usually I like to go very, very slow and, you know, very gently. I didn't have time to do that, and he's just on the table, like, relaxed and letting me do anything. And, you know, like Julie and and her friend who came along, they were very surprised how the dogs just do it. But I, you know, I trained... They want to look pretty. They trained kids that cooperate, that love it. Well, I train them from the time they're babies, and they get, like, so many you know, treats and kisses and all this stuff that I keep a grooming table up during the show season. You know, it's easier than unfolding in a, in a, 
you know, opening it up, so I just sort of keep it in my family room. And they just jump on there on their own. I mean, they just jump and they wait and they'll stand there. <laughs> like China, I'll say to China, all right, get off the table. And she won't. She'll just sit <laughs> there. She'll watch me do everything I have to do just sitting on the table waiting for me to come over and play with her. You know, that's just how she, you know. And, and then now the baby, Oscar's doing that all the time. And they fight. Sometimes i got two and three of them fighting to go on that grooming table because they know that they get all the attention. So, you know, I, it, I, I had a great time, but we were so exhausted. I mean, we... We didn't leave there until probably 6 o'clock. It took us hours to um, dismantle everything, you know, after we put everything up. And we had it all decorated for, for Halloween and everything. So it was fun. I think Julie was in overload for some of the time, though. <laughs> no, it was really fun. <laughs> and, um, you know, but the dogs were, all of the dogs were truly amazing. But I will make sure that we get some pictures up, at least of Crystal, because that's all I have so far, three pictures of Crystal. I have two in her Halloween outfit and one just when she was in the show ring. And that's all they, all anyone has sent me. We have a few pictures of, um, you know, Sydney, who was Lassie's sister. She was there as well. So a lot of pe- people took pictures of her. So I have a few photographs with pictures of her. So I'll put, probably put a link somewhere that you guys can see. But in any event, so so that was that was part of what Julie did this weekend. Was there anything else that you did that was exciting that you want to talk about? Oh please, nothing could compare to that. That was the most exciting part of my <laughs> <Aww>. weekend. <laughs> Pretty soon she'll be sitting there talking about her going away for show weekends now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Dr. Cirillo, how about you? Anything oh, special going on in your thrilling. world? Just just cleaning and then doing paperwork and you know, this was uh I don't know, I have the Columbus Day parade and stuff next week, but uh this is boring. compared to you people. I, I I'm uh I'm uh frumpy, I'm you know, I'm I'm <laughs> No, I'm, I'm dull. I'm dull. Yeah. I'm well, dull. we could always dress you up for Halloween, you know, like in Crystal's oh. outfit or something. Oh, that would be all right for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I already <laughs> have long blonde wigs and uh, really weird looking stuff. But uh, Halloween. Oh wow! Halloween. Oh, we should like get together Halloween. for Halloween then. Mm, we were going to do a show live on Halloween. I know, but I just wasn't able to coordinate things. Right now I want to do a live show in in New York City in December, but I don't know. Is anybody doing anything like on Saturday? What is that, the 30th? 30th of December. No. Um, well, that's um, right before New Year. Oh, yeah. no, no, uh, no, 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 December, I figure we'll do the beginning, like, December 9th or 10th or 11th or 17th or something like that before Christmas. But I mean for Halloween. That would Not be for great show, idea. just to have fun. I mean, Jean, you may, I'm feeling bad for you. Like, you, you don't have, you know, we, we need to take you out. Yes, you need to take me out, especially for Halloween. That's when that's when I would be comfortable going out. You know, like Halloween. Uh, there, there's nothing strange about you on Halloween. I'm well, not wearing uh, matching outfits, though. Uh, well, I, I mean, I could wear what I wore, and 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 I could give you Crystal's outfit. I mean, it's a human person's outfit. I bought it in the you know in the young girls department. Probably the conversation than is going to some person. scary places right now. So. <laughs> okay, so that we'll we'll figure out if we're going to do something for Halloween. <laughs> but um, 
Well, it sounds like we all had quite an interesting weekend. And, and other than that, I just want to mention that um, Crystal was a veteran, you know, in the dog show, and she had some wonderful comments made about her that um, you are very unique to her because of her many of her virtues. So at the dog show, I had a great time. I'm glad Julie had a good time. Frank, I'm glad you're feeling better. And Dr. Jean, we've got to figure out something to get you out more. <laughs> to show me to the world. <laughs> well, we've got plans for that, too, but we're not ready to talk about that yet. So, <laughs> all right, so now down to business because we have some very important stuff that we want to talk about tonight. Tonight I do want to talk about learning the language of the universe. So regular listeners of this show know that we often talk a lot about gratitude, and we also talk about learning how to honor yourself. So those are two very, very, very important things about learning how to create and manifest things in your life. But there's still a very, very important extra ingredient that people need to do when they're manifesting or trying to create anything in their lives, and that's learning how to say and think the right things in the right way. So what I want to do right now is just go around the table here and ask each of you to give me... Um, an example of something that you desire in your life. So, Frank, um, give oh, me an idea of what you desire in your life. What I desire in my life. What would you like to have in your life that you don't have today? Well, uh, I would like everyone in my life to uh, to be happy, whatever that means for them. Well, that's a wonderful thought. That really is. Okay. And, and actually, the way you worded that, you there's a great potential that you would draw that into and, and make that a reality. If we wanted to make a little bit more general, um, not general, a little bit more specific, um, desire of something that you particularly desire in your life, what would that be? Jeez. Uh, uh, not worry about paying the rent, I guess. Okay, so when... Security. <laughs> that's, that's a sure, better way of putting sure. it, financial security. So... Um, give me, like, in a nutshell, um, like, what it is. Give me, give me a number. Give me an amount. Give me, give me what financial security means to you. Oh, geez. Uh, I did not do my homework today. Uh, how about uh, just comfortable living uh, arrangement, I guess, <laughs> monetarily. I'm going to be as political as possible. I'm only laughing because... Uh, 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 <laughs> um, only because of the way you said before, I didn't do my homework for the show tonight. And then you're usually so smooth in your delivery, and I, I could see that you're really thinking on your feet with this one. So you want to you want to manifest for yourself, ideally, financial security, so that you would be comfortable enough not to have to worry about paying any of your monthly bills or anything of that nature. And then I would assume to have um, something significant left over for you to enjoy and make life easy, you know, so you can go anywhere yeah. you want to go. Well, okay. I mean, if, I had, if I had a choice between the two, I would choose the first thing I said, uh, which would include myself because I'm also in my own life to be happy. That's, all, that's also a little bit selfish. Well, and that's truly, if somebody asked me what I want, I just said that to somebody today, that I always say I want to be happy because if you're happy, yeah. you've got all the other ingredients that you want. Um, but what I'm really looking for is um, sort of like a one-sentence thing, and it needs to be more specific to you for, for this exercise today. 
so why don't I move on to Ju? Why don't you think about that one? Sort of like. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm like not going to be as magnanimous as Frank. I'm going to go right for the gusto and say I would like to manifest a husband for myself. Good, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's How about good. Frank? Would Frank be happy then if I married Frank? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to get me a husband. I was just going to say, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but that's not necessarily the uh, the avenue that I want to take in my life. Uh, I've chosen as such. Well, yeah, maybe we'll become matchmakers right? here on this show. Um, we'll have to see how that works out, especially if we get together on, on, on Halloween. But we would need to know a little bit more about what Julie wants um, before we'd be able to see if, if Frank would be a viable, you know, um, husband for her. But, okay, so Julie's looking for a husband. Frank is looking for money. How about you, um, Dr. Sir, uh, uh, Dr. Jean? Well, we talked about it before, and you promised it to me. You read that I, that book was going to be really, really successful, and uh, there were some problems. My agent uh, getting it over to the house that it doesn't look like it's in the form that they needed to be, and and uh, it's by the time I could get it into that form, it would pretty much be out of date. So it doesn't look like that's going to come off, and I want to have a. Uh, Nice book published that's uh, marketable and and uh, pop psychology and at the same time intelligent and uh, almost a bestseller. I won't say a bestseller, but uh, a high seller because well, let's say a bestseller people. for this exercise. Okay, um, all right, all right. Just looking at that book, I mean, have you taken this to, I know that I remember the publisher, which was a big publisher for this material. Um, is, is there any other publisher that your agent can approach regarding well, this Well, he felt it needed to be much more polished up in the proposal form, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really up to doing that. Well, that, that's a wonderful example of what I want to talk about today. So that's a beautiful oh, segue, okay. Dr. G. Because basically, um, if you if you don't apply, and I'm sure you pl- applied a lot of energy and focus to writing the book, but here you you do have a potential opportunity for... Um, Very for, low probability in this case with a book publishing in that particular one in that particular house. I mean, if I was uh, snooking from the Jersey Shore, she's got a book deal, and they were joking about it on one of the news shows, Can She Write?, what they're going to have someone write it for, and I guess I'm kind of waiting for the person to knock on the door with the ghostwriter and everything else and the wonderful book deal. Yeah, but have you, oh, well, that could happen too. But, um, you know, but I, I'm, I, you, you have, and I said it to you the first time that I read for you here on this show regarding the book, you have a bestseller um, in your in your energy without a doubt. But what I would like to see you do is, when I hear you talk about this, you're talking about, well, let me ask uh, Julie and Frank what they're, what they're sensing or what they're hearing with what Dr. Jean is saying. Where is she coming from when she's talking about this deal? Black. Black, yeah. Big go. Big black. Well, they want this. Well, they won't do that. Well, it's too much work for me to do. It well, is. Quite frankly, it is. when it you is. send that out to the universe, what do you think the universe sends back to you? 
Well, just like years ago, one one publisher said, well, I have no doubt about your ability to market it, but I have serious doubts about your ability and desire to write it. Now, I already have a book published now, but, yeah, I've got that same thing. I don't want to have to go through the baby steps of a proposal and someone will take it a few months to read it and maybe they'll want it and, you know, it's like, come on, that's enough. Well, see, and when you send that out, see, you're sending that out. If you truly wanted to manifest that in your life, what you would need to do is um, feel, really get yourself to the point where you feel, you know, you taste it. And that tasting that feeling of success and just knowing that you have this bestseller, you know it's going to be out there and you know it's going to be, you know, big, that in itself would motivate you to either get somebody to do all this drudge work as far as getting it polished up and or rewritten or whatever, reformatted, whatever. I've been that road before and those, that's not the easiest thing to get and, and succeed Again, with. listen to Dr. Jean. <laughs> and I'm not saying you're not dealing with the you practicality. Tried, aren't you trying to get something published also? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. I have a that I'm trying to get published. And every year I say, well, maybe this year. And I know it's a tough business, but it's like I know that I have something good, and I know that the right publishing opportunity is going to come around for me, and that's what I'm sending out to the universe. Once, See, you're coming from a place of being defeated. You had a few letdowns with this, so you're in a, in a, in a place where you are already defeated. It, you talk about this. You counsel people here on the show about walking into a job interview and already be, being defeated. Well, that's the energy that you're sending out with this book because there is a bestseller, there, uh, Dr. Jean. I feel it. I've seen it for you all along. This I, I was confused at the beginning when we talked about this book deal because, uh, I don't know, between two publishers or something like that, an old publisher, new publisher, something like that. I don't remember all the details. Um, my gut feeling is we're not, we don't have the right publisher here, but that's not saying that the book doesn't need some fine-tuning to get it to the place where it can be a bestseller. I know this is a tedious thing, but it's something that you truly desire in your life. So if you truly desire it, if you're sending out, oh, I'm never going to get it, or, oh, it's too much work, or something like that, let me tell you, you're never going to manifest it. It's just like I, I deal with people who, you know, need to get a new job or, or have been laid off and they need work, and all they do is sit around worrying about it or complaining about not having work. And what happens? They're creating not having more work. If they would have and trust and, and, and trust in their own abilities and know that they are the best out there or they're good at what they do or that um, they're truly ready to go out there today and get myself a job, you know what's going to happen? They're going to do just that. So let, let me divert right now to Julie's situation because Julie's looking, Julie wants a husband. So in your, in your private <clears throat> moments, um, first of all, are you dating anybody right now? No. Okay. So in your private moments, are you, um, are you, what, what, are you what are the thoughts that are going through your head regarding um, either not dating somebody right now or not having this, this, this person that you're well, at? I think I'm pretty much on a, in a good place right now, to tell you the truth. I think that even, you know, I, I think you know, not everyone knows I just broke up with someone. But instead of being discouraged, I'm actually just saying, okay, that wasn't the right person. 
and the right person is out there, and I believe it, and I'm going to date, and I'm going to be out as much as I can, and I'm going to meet this person, and he's on his way. Good for you. And that really is. Do you see a difference, Dr. Jean, in her approach? And she just went through a, a, a big breakup, so she's, you know, this is a tough time for her, yet yet she's looking at it from this is the beginning of the start. That this is, this is lack. This is somebody she was in a sense like relieved, like, oh, thank God I didn't realize how bad it was until I'm out of it. <laughs> but even so, it's still the end of something, and I could be very discouraged yeah. and say, "There's no one out there for me." I really right. thought this was the right. one at first, and now there, you know, I've, I've gone on a few dates since then. They're all awful. This is ridiculous. I'm getting older. I'm just never going to meet anyone, and that's I refuse to do that. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's, that's, that is a good attitude because the result is, you know, we get spoiled as females. Remember when we had Rhonda Finling on talking about yeah. don't call that man. When we're young, you know, we have them all over us, uh, <laughs> and we can pick and choose. And then later on, it's like just by numbers, there, there's less people that are available for all the females. And, uh, yeah, it does get discouraging. I got the sense, though, that you're happy to be free, that you'd rather be alone than be with the person you're with. So it's a good decision. But as far as meeting somebody new, yeah, you do sound very optimistic. Well, I have to say, right, I have to ignore all that kind of stuff, the statistics and all the discouraging things people say and just get into a place of gratitude and and excitement and know. There has to be a sense of knowing that he's on his way. Right. And it's what and, you have and, to offer. If you have a lot to offer, the statistics for other people don't really mean that much. But it doesn't, th- th- this is the same thing that we talk about oftentimes when I say even in, and this is a different topic, but it's the same principle. Even in a bad economy, people are making money. So it doesn't matter what the statistics are as far as if you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. It doesn't matter. When you're radiating and coming from the right place, you're going to create it in your life. But if you're sitting around going, uh, uh, no one ever is calling me or every guy I meet, nobody likes me or, you know, I'm never going to meet the, the right person, then you know what? You're not going to. Well, they're all jerks, so you'll attract more jerks. <laughs> well, but that's true too. But but there's a reason why you're you're attracting the jerks, and that would be something that you know you could either get a better understanding with in 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 therapy, or I have a a coaching system that helps you really get in touch with the things that are holding you back and what your limitations actually are. But there's a million books out there. There's a million ways to get to that same that same place. You know, uh, not necessarily to the depth, but you 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 possibly could. The key here, though, is learning not to be in a state of lack. If you're sitting there like Dr. Jean is, where, oh, it's too much work. So <laughs> now you're making me feel guilty about not working on the book you and not wanting to work honest. so hard. No, you were honest, yeah. Dr. Jean. And and I know I how frustrating like it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I have moments where I'm in the same boat. Look, I'm trying to finish my this this book for so long, and I'm not motivated right now because I can't do anything with the book that I've already got finished. So I know yeah. what you mean. But when, it takes when time and effort and energy, and there's no money or reward really immediately. No, and I understand. I'm just using something. this as an example, and I don't mean this. You know, I just want to show it as an example that even. Dr. Jean can can get herself in the wrong place here based on human emotion and just human 
things that are going on. I'm not saying that Dr. Jean approaches everything in life this way because she doesn't. But in this no, you're right. You're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this because I know the one book that I did get was when someone had approached me. Actually, it was someone who didn't want to do it. It was Rhonda. She had the three books on relationships. So she said, look, there's somebody who wants somebody to write on IQs and testing. Would you do it? And I said, yeah, you know, that's I've, I'm trained in that area. It, it wasn't my favorite thing to have a book on because there's not that much you could do with going on television with that type of thing unless I go up there as a genius and then I'm afraid they'd ask me a question that I couldn't answer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, that, that got done because the editor knew they knew exactly what they wanted and I did it. It's not like you have to say, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want that? Right, you know, right. I mean, you could know it's the greatest thing in the world, but the editor just doesn't want it. And, you know, that's the frustrating thing. No, and I, I do understand it's just that you, you – I didn't know you were going to throw this out tonight, and it's a wonderful example to show because, you know, there's a lot of people out there, for instance, that are looking for work for six months, for eight months, for a year, and they're dealing with that same level of frustration. <clears throat> but, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that – in our society, we need work. You know, we need an income to be coming in to be able to survive. So it becomes a matter of doing your best and not allow yourself to get in that state of feeling sorry for yourself and getting into that state of, oh, I'm never going to get this job. You know, walking into the interview and being defeated, oh, I know they're not going to hire me. And unfortunately, because when you reject it X amount of number of times, that becomes you know, almost like a, a given, you know, it sort of knocks you down to a certain point. So let me ask Julie, you're an actress, you go around and you do auditions all the time. How do you stay in a state of um, whatever that is? I, I don't know if it's gratitude or being positive or being hopeful in order to be landing, you know, job opportunities. or. I mean, I, to, for me, you have to believe, and it's kind of like the AA thing and a higher power. <laughs> I just, I really... That's just for me. I mean, I'm sure it's not for everyone, but go in, do the best you can do, and then give it to God or the universe or whoever it is that you, you know, whatever higher power you believe in, and just keep saying thank you for that opportunity. If I didn't get it, someone else was meant to, and I'm one step closer to getting what I'm supposed to get. And that's perfect because, I mean, it, what the, what the uh, A Course in Miracles tells us is we shouldn't even be worried about any of these details. We should only... You know, turn it over. These are these are the things that I need fixed in my life right now. Turn it over to the universe, let or God or whoever you know you you whoever, whatever your belief is, and not labor over those things. Turn it over, like Julie said, to a higher power. And if it is meant to be, it will be. There's no end ifs or buts about it. Our job, it truly, uh, what I talk about a lot with with my clients is. I very strongly feel we have this inner guidance system. It's like built-in, it's like a built-in GPS, and that's our intuition. And when we're aligned with something, it just feels right. I mean, I had a brainstorm before. I wrote it up. I sent it to Dr. Jean. She read it, and she loved it. She loved the concept. Yes, and yes, I knew yes. when I got it, I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get to the computer and write this out. It felt so right for me. So, so right. So that's when you're honoring yourself, and that's when you're aligned with your true purpose, 
when you're when you feel it, when you know it. And truly, if at this point, you know, Gene said, I'm not really sure. Oh, that's so much work, you know, and all this kind of stuff. It wouldn't even. No, no, that one felt like it was work worth doing. Like there was a purpose and a goal that was reachable. Some of the other stuff felt like it was a little bit what is the word esoteric or, you know, that that it would be difficult to reach and frustrating, even if right. it was a good idea in theory, but this felt right. Right. It did for me, too. And when that, that should be your guiding, your guiding light, when something feels right to you. And some, what you were talking about, this, the book, perhaps this isn't the book that's going to make the bestseller for you. Perhaps the book is, you know, six months down the road or a year down the road, or maybe it is when, when somebody comes knocking on your door or maybe when the same publisher comes back and comes knocking on your door for either this or something else. Um, it, this might not be the right time because you're at that, the point right now where you have been beaten down with it. And when something like that happens, I tend to say look elsewhere. That it's not meant to be with either the person you're working with or with, it could even be the book. I mean, there's so many different factors there. You know, either something is right and it's going to click and connect or it isn't. And that doesn't mean don't work hard for something because when you have a dream and you believe in something, you're going to, I mean, there's no way you're not going to accomplish it if you truly believe in it and yourself. And that's, that's truly the key because if you're going through life wanting things, and we talk about want a lot, I want that better job. In, in, on the surface, that looks like, oh, wow, I'm, like, thinking positive thoughts. You know, I want to be a senior vice president at a, you know, major, you know, company, um, a major corporation, and, wow, I'm thinking real positive thoughts. I mean, does that not sound positive to everybody here? It sounds positively unattainable if you're not trained in that field, and uh, it sounds like you're in love with the idea of being somebody important. It's not a real interest. What being but vice president of a company pretend might be a horrible job. Pretend it's not me that you know I wouldn't really want to do that, um, and pretend it's somebody who really has the skill to do that. Let's assume that I've been an assistant vice president um, for X amount of years, and I'm ready for that move. And and um, I want that corner office, and I want that big job. Am I going to get it? Well, not if you're putting want out into the universe. That's that right. It sounds like on the surface what I just said sounds positive. I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm able, but I want it. And when we want something, we're always going to keep it away. It's very important how we think and how we phrase things. And, again, we've talked a million times on the show about positive thinking. And for me, I don't believe positive thinking works. If, if you're sitting there and you've been looking for work for, for um, you know, a year, um, to go in there and just say the words, um, you know, uh, this job is mine or, you know, I'm wealthy or um, I'm successful or something like that when you don't believe it is not going to get you anywhere. It becomes a matter of feeling aligned with your own energy, trusting in yourself, trusting in the universe, um, and trust, trusting in if, if you're on a job interview, go into that knowing this is it. Not, uh, I wish this was it, I want this to be it, 
But if you truly, if you envision yourself in a corner office, then any time you walk into a job interview, you're already picturing yourself in that in that place. You you could see yourself. Before, you know, I mean, my best advice is to get there half an hour early, an hour early, and just sit and watch people. Get the feel of the place. Imagine yourself walking around and having that big job there, not wanting it. You're seeing it, and you're believing it, and you're feeling it. There's a very big difference between seeing yourself doing something and feeling it and believing it and wanting it. If you feel like you fit in the person advertising you will get that sense that you really fit that chair because if you're, if you're so acclimated to the office, it comes across like, wow, that person really belongs here, just like that couch matches with the curtains or <laughs> this person matches with, with us and our, our culture here. That's true, and that's why doing some research too. And I'm not saying doing uh, the research is the key to being to to getting a, a job a job when you're going on a job interview. Some people will tell you that, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but we're not talking about, you know, that type of approach. What we're talking about here is getting your, your, your mind and getting your belief system into the place where you know that a job opportunity is right for you or that, um, that the right, like Julie was talking about, that the right man is going to be entering into her life. And even though she has to go through meeting some jerks along the way, um, the right guy will enter into her life. And, and you know, as long as she stays out of the place of want. I mean, I, I, I've had so many clients, especially now, and even our mailbag question today brought this up. I'm buying lottery tickets every week, but I know I'm never going to win. So then why are we buying the tickets? We save that 50 cents or a dollar or $5 a week? Because we're, if we believe we're never going to win, trust me, you never are. So Ooh. it really is, it really is important to be aware of what you're sending out. When you want that new car, when you want that new job, when you want that new lover, when you want that husband, when you want that, um, you know, big starring role somewhere, you're never going to get it. When you allow yourself to align with the energy, and if you read books on how to manifest things, they always talk about getting yourself in the essence of something. It, that's, that's a hard concept. I mean, what, what does essence really mean? How do you get in the essence of getting a new job? The, the better approach is to allow yourself, yes, visualize it, see it, feel it, believe it, but how do you get yourself to believe it? I mean, that, that in itself is... is not only one show, that's like 50 shows because <laughs> there's so many reasons why. I mean, each person has their own limitations that hold us back from manifesting some of the things that we truly desire. But still, if we're, if we're wanting things, we're always keeping it away from us. Don't want the new job. Go out and get it. Don't try to do something. Just do it. You're going to see that there's a huge difference between trying and doing. Um, you know, when I when I was sick uh, a few months ago and I was in the hospital, when I got out of the hospital, somebody who's important to me said to me, so how are you feeling? And I said, okay. And then they said, well, I, I'm glad to hear you feel good. And I said, I never said I felt good. So they said, yes, you did. And I said, no, I didn't. And then I said, I said I felt okay. And they said, well, same thing. And I said, look, and this was a guy. I said, if you just had sex with woman and you said how was it and she said okay or she said good do you think that's the same thing 
and then finally got it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so there's a big difference when you when you're when you're trying to do something, you're never going to succeed. When you go out and you do it, you will. Um, there, there. I had a client the other day who was um, confirming a an appointment, and, and and actually he's got a coaching session with me on Friday. Um, and he said uh, he emailed and said um, um, he emailing to confirm my appointment. And I knew exactly what he meant. He wanted me to tell him what time and what day it was, but he didn't ask me that. So I wrote back and said, "You're confirmed." Because if you don't learn how to ask for what it is that you want, you're never going to get it. That's like uh, getting maybe he was embarrassed to admit that he. He, he isn't embarrassed because he day. asks me three times a week, anyhow. Um, not literally, but he he's asked me a few times. I, I don't know that he must not keep a calendar or something, or perhaps when he's in the office or at home, he doesn't have access to his you know calendar where he keeps things. I'm not sure, but he's asked numerous times. But it doesn't matter. It's still a matter of learning how to be very specific and not being general, and then going out and doing it, not trying, not wanting but doing it, and that power is in, within all of us. Um, before we move on, because I know this has taken a long time to really talk about, Dr. Jean, do you have any closing words on this? Any clo- Oh, gosh, closing words. No, no, I, I, I definitely, I learned quite a bit about how I, how I should be, be feeling in a different place as far as the book, you know when I'm in one place versus another. And and I think I understood what you said about how sometimes the situation feels right, like when they approach me. What do they say? They say this in AA, too, that when your head and your emotions and your gut are lined up perfectly, that's when the situation is right. Exactly. And when it isn't, you shouldn't even apply the time and effort. I mean, if you're going into it going, this is never going to work, then you're right. It isn't. Walk away. Okay. Why apply okay. the effort? And because you're feeling that way with this particular publisher, I would say walk away from it right now. Okay. The right opportunity okay. will will present itself to you. It could be either a different book or it could you might have to rewrite this or you might have to polish it up. But quite frankly, at that point, um, you're going to probably get a lot of support from the publisher um, exactly. or a lot of guidance or something of that nature so that it's not – because I don't see the onus being on, on you, and I don't feel it's going to be drudgery for you when this right. hits bit. So well, that's how I feel, too, when feel it feels like well. drudgery and, you know, polish it up perfectly like a pearl and then maybe we'll want it. It's like, ah, come on, you know. Like, I mean, but see, yeah, I would then they still really do want that. to tell you. If it were me, I would still do it only because even if he doesn't want it, I would know that it's then going to be really marketable. Because if you're with a, this is a very big publisher, and if they're saying it, then most of the publishers out there, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, they're all, that they all have the same um, criteria for publishing, but all the big houses probably have similar, even though I know that, you know, you could send it out to 15 different publishers and they could all be big publishers and one of them might accept it and 14 people could refuse it. But to me, if you have faith and belief yeah. in this book, I would I would get it to be exactly the what you want it to be. And so let me ask you, is it exactly what you want it to be? I don't, answer me. The ideas, 
are, the ideas are, and the agent feels the ideas are, but she says, well, it's not really written well, the chapters and this and that, and, you know, they're not going to publish it up. You have to do it or get someone else to do it. And I'm thinking by the time I do that, I'm not that interested in this particular book. It's just a hot topic now. By the time all that happens, it'll either be out of date. You know, if a publisher is really interested in your ideas, and I know this, uh, they will help as far as writers or editors. They'll tell you exactly what has to be done, and the contract will be on the table pretty much. That's how it was with my original publisher with the original book. And I, I've got that to compare with other times when it wasn't. It's like well, you kind of know when they're seriously interested. They almost provide a format. Well, and, and that I understand as well. So my gut feeling is for, for right now, either this isn't the right book for you or this isn't the right publisher. So um, because it, is, it feels like it is beating your head against the wall. I still feel, though, that the book needs sprucing up a little bit. And if you're not okay. willing to put in the effort, then you're, not, it's going to, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a publisher who's going to be willing to put in the effort to publish this. That's, that's truly what learning, um, you know, learning the language of the universe is about. If you're not willing to put in the time or effort, don't expect somebody else to either because they're not going to. Right, and I, I know somebody approached me and say, you what? know, we want this. I, I, when they're really interested, I, like I never would have done something on IQ tests and games, but when they were interested, they said, this is what we want somebody to write. And they had such a definitive idea, you know, I couldn't even deviate a little bit. They cut out a few chapters that I put in because they had another book like it. So, uh, you know, I'd almost rather follow a format because they are going to call the shots anyway. Unless okay, got then, then the formula would have to be here to um, wait. Wait until you're either positioned differently or um, somebody uh, approaches you. But we'll talk more about your book next week and yeah. we'll see what we pick up with that. Okay. We are running a little bit behind, and I do want to get Guy McKenna's um, uh, Skywatch report, which Julie will talk about in a minute, and then one mailbag question, then we're going to be taking phone calls. Yeah. So phone lines are open. Please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. They are here to answer all of your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. That equates to getting a free reading. So don't miss this incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. If you don't want the real name used on the air, let Lady Fontaine know, but in order for your question answered, you will need to provide us with real names, some background, and a specific question. We will honor your request for anonymity. Tonight, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be, taking more, will be talking more about the language of the universe, and they will begin taking calls right after the mailbag question. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. And now it's time for our Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website, 
skymckenna.com and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this, then, is for the week beginning Sunday, October 3rd, 2010. Now, during this upcoming week, there could be a push-me-pull-you kind of energy around, and we should be prepared for emotions to be intense within ourselves and with people around us. We have a new moon in Libra, and at the same time, both Mercury and the moon square off with Pluto and tangle with Saturn, and Venus stops in the sky in intense Scorpio, so we all need to be ready to move with the winds of change that are approaching. And a lot can be going on in places that we can't see just yet. We're actually preparing for some big growth and expansion that's coming in November and December, so we need to do what needs to be done, think outside the box, and above all, stay flexible in our plans for the future. Now, the week kicks off with Mercury entering Libra on October 3rd, and he'll be there till October 20th. And this will be a great time for us to finally move ahead with communications that have lagged and agreements that we just couldn't agree on. We'll definitely be in the mood to communicate with others and even smooth out some rough spots that we may have allowed to build up. We'll be thinking balance and harmony now. However, in some cases, we may also find that it's difficult to make a choice in a Libra kind of way, and talking the situation over with a trusted advisor may be just the ticket to reach that win-win decision and a solution now. And also on Sunday, October 3rd, Venus will conjunct Mars just a couple of days before she turns retrograde later in the week, and will be engulfed in a dynamic energy of passion for people and places or things and situations in our lives. And it's important today that we don't sabotage ourselves with impatience or forcefulness, but use courage to negotiate, renegotiate, or confront, if necessary, with a determined but gentle diplomacy. Then on Tuesday, October 5th, Mercury will square off with Pluto, and we should expect to be challenged in communications. We may find that we need to face some difficult truths now with this aspect. Communications to us or from us could be intense. And for the best results, we shouldn't allow our words to intimidate or cause damage. And we should also walk away from power struggles if we can and deal with whatever issue may have arisen at a later, calmer date. And on Thursday, October 7th, the new moon takes place at 14 degrees of Libra. And it offers us a new look at all our relationships, whether intimate, platonic, business, family, or even our adversaries. And also take a look at our finances. And it will usher in a new beginning in any of these areas. But with Venus being retrograde in intense Scorpio at this new moon, we may also take a deeper or more extreme view of those things. And we may find ourselves reconsidering what it is that truly brings us joy, or not. But a new beginning is here either way. Then on Friday, October 8th, Venus will be sitting still in the sky as she prepares for her retrograde motion that lasts until November 18th. And for these several weeks, we'll be inclined to reflect on all Venusian issues like relationships, finances, and creativity than to make big new changes in those areas. And just like Mercury's retrograde period, this is when we gain those insights that will help us make new beginnings in relationships, finances, and creativity after November 18th. Also keep in mind that the energy of Venus in Libra was about lace and satin, but the energy of Venus in Scorpio is more like leather, motorcycle boots, and tattoos. So we should be expecting that we'll have a little different way of assessing or reassessing how we feel about what we've got and what we really, really want in our lives. And we may also come to realize that we're just not getting enough of what we want from the things we value in our lives, our finances, and or physical resources. Also, with Venus retrograde in Scorpio, the most challenged signs will be Scorpio, Aquarius, Taurus, and Leo. 
Now this week I want to talk about how this Libra new moon will affect each sign. Last week I addressed Venus's turn to retrograde motion and how each sign would be affected, and you can still find that in last week's archived audio and blog. And as usual, this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, this new moon is in your seventh house of partnerships, so look for new beginnings or changes in close personal or business relationships. Issues that might present themselves revolve around how you relate to others now, but light will be shined on that for you. Taurus, the new moon is in your sixth house, and this is about health and service and work. So you'll be encouraged by this new moon to make fresh starts in your health or work areas. Healthier habits and new beginnings will come easier for you now, too. Gemini, the new moon is in your fifth house of romance, creativity, and fun. So creativity and the sparkle of love can arrive at your doorstep with this new moon. Allow yourself to explore new avenues of self-expression and just plain fun. Cancer, this new moon is in your fourth house of your home and family. So your home and family life can get a fresh new boost. Past issues or unresolved family matters can open up for you now. Leo, the new moon is in your third house, and that's about communications. So look for communications of all kinds to take a leap. Writing, speaking, thinking, and creation of new ideas that will bear fruit are arriving for you. Don't be afraid to think outside the box and take some risks. Virgo, the new moon falls in your second house of finances and money. So your money and finances can get a boost with this new moon. Be alert to new sources of income and new opportunities coming your way. Libra, this new moon is in your first house, and that's all about you. This is your lunar new year. This is when you renew yourself. So try new things, be bold, be brave, decide what you really, really want, and get ready to shine. Scorpio, the new moon, is in your 12th house of things behind the scenes. You might find that what you really want right now is some peace and some solitude, and this new moon will call to you spiritually also, and surrender is your fastest path to getting where it is you want to go. And watch for increased psychic awareness, too. Sagittarius, this new moon is in your 11th house of hopes and wishes and friends. So your friends' hopes and wishes take the spotlight now. New friends or new dreams can present themselves in ways that open new doors for you. So walk through those doors. Capricorn, the new moon, falls in your 10th house of career. So career and professional pursuits can take center stage for you with this new moon. New career opportunities could present themselves, or you might even get a promotion or a raise. Aquarius, the new moon is in your 9th house of expanded awareness. So expanded personal or spiritual growth is spotlighted. Travel or educational opportunities could also expand your world. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Pisces, the new moon is in your 8th house of shared resources. So shared resources can get a boost. This new moon will shed light on finances and resources in a very powerful way for you. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, Click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving. You always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report.
To learn more about Sky, please visit our website at skymckenna.com or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link directly to our website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio. That's achieveradio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. And Sky will be joining us live on the air here on Eye on the Future on Tuesday, October 19th. And now it is time for the mailbag question of the day. Ladies, are you ready? Yeah, yes. All right, this first one goes, Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, this is my third letter to you. I hope this one gets on the air. You asked for more information and background, so here it is. Three months ago, I lost my job. I have a family of five, wife and three kids. I worked for a small company and didn't get a severance package. I can't even feed my family on the unemployment check. I've been looking out of my area for work and need money to travel. Uh... To travel, I guess, two locations looking for work. The pressure is huge, and half of the time I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke from the pressure. I listened to your show and once got a reading from you a few years ago. I went back and listened to the tape from my reading with you. At that time, you told me you saw my career as being very promising until 2009. Then you saw a short gap, and things would then pick up. I wish I could afford a reading with you now, but I can't. What do you see? How long will I be unemployed, and do you see any financial windfalls coming my way? I buy a lottery ticket every week, but I doubt that I'll win, but I try anyhow. I am an engineer and made a decent salary. I do have some money invested for my children's education and have had to start going to, uh, had to, start going to that, but at this rate... I'll eat it all up, and there won't be anything left. That breaks my heart. I have smart kids who want a good education. I'm not sure what else to do. Can you help me find work? Tell me where I should look, and also how to keep my house. I am in a panic with the three kids. Please help. And that's Ronald from Ithaca, New York. Yeah, I mean, this unfortunately is such a sad situation, and it's, it's, you know, the state of the economy right now is not good. But, you know, again, what we were talking about earlier, and I hope that if Ronald's listening, he'll um, have really listened and heard what we were talking about. It's a hard time now, obviously, to be sitting there, you know, thinking, oh, well, everything's going to be so wonderful, everything's going to be so great. But I, the, the, when I'm, even when you were reading this letter, Frank, and when I, I read it initially, all I'm, all I'm hearing is want. I, I, I want. I want to get a job. I want, and I'm not. I don't know if he's using the words, but I could feel it. I could feel the, the state of want in his energy. So that's one thing, Ronald, that you do have the power to change. And it's stop wanting it. Just have faith in your ability. I mean, you said that you know you're an engineer. You you made a decent salary. Keep your focus on that. Keep your focus on the years and years that you were at this job making a very decent salary. Because I do see that you will be going back to that 
um, to that type of environment. I mean, the salary may be different, the company will be different, but I do see you back employed again. I mean, if I initially saw, and I don't know how many years ago I read for you, if I initially saw the break coming in 2009, we all know that timing is so difficult in, in psychic readings. That break that I saw, that short gap, um, very likely what is what you're going through right now because in the, the reality of it is I kind of, um, and I just want to give you a percentage of what I see and I'm just feeling out the energy. I kind of feel um, by the end of this year that you will either have a job offer or be back at work and I'm putting that at something like 90, 95%. That's how sure I am. Um, this is not showing itself to me to be a permanent, um, you know, situation or an extended situation where you're going to be out of work for an extended period of time. It's not showing itself to me in that way at all. Um, the situation with money and the money invested that you have, um, you know, I'm not by any means a, you know, financial analyst or I'm not the right person to ask about questions like that. I don't know how to steer you in the right direction. The only thing I can tell you is I do feel the opportunity that is coming your way is going to be with a larger company and is going to be having a lot of perks and a lot of bells and whistles for you. So if that's either in a, um, in a um, you know, in a, in a benefits package or in, you know, getting stock in the company or something like that, I do feel that there's going to be additional ways for you to rebuild up that college fund that you are going into now. Um, right now, obviously, you have to do what you need to do to feed your family and to, you know, be traveling to the various locations that you're going to to look look for work. Um, ironically, I see, and you would think New York, you know, especially for an engineer, would be like the mecca of where you're going to find work, but I'm actually feeling a much greater likelihood of getting work more, you know, it almost feels to me like more in... Um, you know, the Midwest, like something like the Chicago area or something of that nature. So if you're, if you are traveling that distance looking for work, I do feel there's an opportunity for you there. If you're not and you basically want to stay in the New York or New Jersey area or, you know, something of that nature, um, my gut feeling is, you know, you're still going to have work within the next several months. If it's not December, I, I can't, I, the likelihood of it going past January is very slim as far as being unemployed. It's very slim. You do have you do have a job opportunity almost knocking at your door. So kind of hold on to that. I feel it, you know, it's right around the corner for you. Dr. Jean? Well, yeah, you know, what's going through my head is what about focusing on the skills that he has rather than I have to find a job in a very narrow compartment of being an engineer. He probably has so many things to offer to other companies and other jobs that would provide just about what he was making before, even some kind of freelance work. And as far as the kid's college fund, I don't know how old the kids are, but now's a good time while he's not formally employed to look for all sorts of breaks that are given to kids when the parents are supposedly poor and the child is very good academically. And some people use these, and they don't even really deserve them. But, you know, this would be a time when the scholarships and everything would open up, especially if, if the kids are bright. I wouldn't be ashamed because this is uh, to their advantage. And, you know, one very bright talk show host, Bruce 
Williams has a major radio show when syndicated. He said if you have to choose between retirement or sending your kids to college, send your kids to a city or state college because that's not really going to matter as much as putting away some money for later. And then if they want to do more for graduate school or something else on their own, they can, but there's so much financial aid available. You know, naturally you don't want to deplete your savings. That's what I would think of picking up freelance or focusing on his skills. Maybe when you get to a certain age, sometimes somebody doesn't want to hire you. You have to almost buy yourself a business get together with a partner or do something alone and, uh, you know, do consulting, and, and then they don't have to give you benefits or anything, but you probably already have carried some of them over from from the job, and your kids can get it either through you or through a school or something. Uh, you know, there are – consider other options. Yeah, I think he's focusing so narrowly on replacing almost exactly what he had before, and the universe now might be telling him that it's time for something new, which could even be better. Well, and that, that's really putting it perfectly. And I'm very glad you picked up on that because that ties in with what we were talking about earlier. If, if you're knocking at a door and nobody's answering, then move on to the next door. And if he does have any additional skills or any other way to market his, you know, abilities, you know, go, you know, he should definitely go for that. And it kind of feels to me um, if he thought about going out, you know, in a, in a consulting capacity or something of that nature, he could actually do a spinoff and be very successful at that. Well, thank I you for your question, so. Ronald. Uh, that's great questions and great answers. Dean, so... Uh, Ronald, keep in touch and let us know how things turn out. Now, just a reminder to you all, send your questions uh, to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. That's mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. Now, the phone lines are open. Please give us a call at 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. That's 646 381 4141. Now, the switchboard's actually lit up. Are you ladies are you ready to take a call? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, on the air with us is Katie. Katie Hi. is uh, <laughs> calling back. She's actually ha- sent in a letter. Uh, she was a mailbag question from a few months ago. Ah. And, uh, she's calling back with a follow-up. Oh, great. Katie? Hi. 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 How are Hi, you? Katie. All our mailbag questions are so interesting. Very nervous. So I'm, I'm trying to actually, figure which one it is. Yeah, I'm, so I'm very don't nervous. Be nervous. Don't, we're oh, friendly. Yeah. We're friendly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the mailbag question you sent in, and you have an update for us on it. Yes, uh, I wrote you about two months ago about um, you know I'm Katie and my boyfriend at the time was Matt, and I I don't know if you remember or not, but um, he was the one. Basically, I was in a hot and cold situation where every few months. He would break up with me and then get back together, and then he would plan vacations with me and be romantic and then break up with me the next day, and it happened back and forth over and over again. And uh, I followed your advice the last time when he he had lied about going to therapy uh, when I had asked him oh, to go to therapy. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. 
I, I felt he was not. He had an appointment, like, scheduled for a Tuesday or something. I forgot what day. And I, yeah, it was a I felt he was yeah. not right. I felt he was not going to yeah. go. And well, he I ended never... up going. He did end up going. But um, it was weird because he told me at the time, you know, he begged me to stay. Oh, I can't lose. Because I basically drew the line exactly like you guys said. Don't be as available and make therapy like a contingency, like, you know, I'm not going to have any kind of relationship unless you do this. And because he was taking and not giving. and So basically, uh, you know, he was like, oh, I'll do anything. I'll communicate with you. I'll go to therapy. I can't lose you. I smoked an entire pack of cigarettes because I missed you in a day, and he doesn't even smoke. And, like, the whole bit. Oh. Like, yeah, the whole bit. And... um and it went from that to we lasted about a month and a week, month and a half longer, uh, where he still wasn't communicating, and he kept telling me every time I was like, yeah, he just said he yeah, was going to go. Yeah, and he was going, he was yeah, going to yeah. therapy. In fact, to my knowledge, he's still going. But oh, okay. um, you know, he basically, in a nutshell, every time I didn't feel something was right. And I told him that I was having a hard time trusting him still because he had lied so much. He kept telling me to trust him, and I kept apologizing. And then it finally got to the point where, and he, he would ask me to go on weekend vacations still and all those things. Is there another girl in the picture? Because I'm just getting, when you said that he would ask you to go on vacation, you'd go on vacation and he'd be really romantic and then he'd like find an excuse to break up with you the next day. It sounds like there was somebody else that he had to account for himself to. And so he stays away, you know, gets you angry or something for a couple of weeks and then comes back. I just get the sense of like a parallel uh, thing going on in his life. Whatever it is. It wasn't, like, it wasn't really, um, there's not a girl as in like now, but it's funny you say that because I actually spoke to his ex-girlfriend like right after we broke up because we had met before. He has a tendency to, um, he, he, as I put it, collects ex-girlfriends. His dad calls us the club because he really uh, only so ends up. of women. That's not that yeah. unusual. Yeah, so basically, you know, he tends to be a lot nicer to girls once he's broken up with them than when he's with them. Uh, I spoke to his ex, and as it turns out, um, the same exact thing happened with her two years ago. And um, and it, t- it turns out he has a tendency to do the hot and cold. And... Um, and say well, the same he has a whole thing. bunch of sisters. It's like, you know, he goes, one sister doesn't want to play with him because she's mad at something he did. He goes, plays with the other sister. Then he comes back to the third one. So he's got like a circle of women. And, yeah. and somebody will always be available, which is what he wants. And, and you're feeling a little powerless because it's true. We said, don't be so available. But he's making sure that if you're not available, uh, Kathy or Mary or Allison or somebody else will be. And I, I see this pattern even in, in grown men with ex-wives and, uh, you know, going back with the ex-wife, talking to another ex-wife on the phone, uh, talking to a girl that's a friend. Uh, <laughs> I think it is that song, I'm coming down the road trying to loosen my load. i got seven women on my mind. Are you familiar with that song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I that song. Yeah, um, yeah, you know it's it's tough. I I feel like with him, it's not really about the whole having them 
around for a relationship purpose and having them around for, like you said, attention purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. but it's it's hard because I, you know, and before I called in on this show today, it's funny the topic of conversation on this show today because I've been really, really down about it. In fact, you can ask Frank. I talked to him all night last night about this. <laughs> He's been a, such a good friend, but um, the truth is, I've been really, really down about it and worried about when I would be able to let go and move on and worried about. Will I find someone again that I can click that well with in conversation and attraction, the whole bit, you know, again, well, with me, someone who will return it and be crazy about me. But then I listen to Julie, and I'm like, wow, I wish I had her attitude. Well, it took her a while to get, yes. she did, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, it's a process. And, it's and, still a process, trust me. <laughs> and, and, and the key here, Katie, is you know don't don't try to put a deadline on it, and don't try to you know rush the process. If you're feeling upset or you're feeling sad or you feel hurt about you know what happened, and you're entitled to feel all that, especially you know when somebody lies to you or is dishonest or there's disappointments involved. I mean, it's a hard thing for us to process. So give yourself a chunk of time and just allow yourself to feel whatever you have to feel and don't beat yourself up for it. It's not, trust me, I, you know, Julie got, it took Julie a while and other people who are in that situation who can reframe things, it doesn't, they don't walk away from a relationship feeling that way. They go through all the things that you're going through right now and they work through it. And that's the key. I mean, don't blame yourself. You ended up apologizing and taking a lot of the responsibility of the relationship. It's good that you were able to talk to his, um, you know, ex-girlfriend, so you were able to see that this is a pattern that he has and it's nothing, nothing that you did wrong. But let me just sort of scan your energy a little bit and see what I see coming up for you because there is a nagging energy. It still feels to me to be somewhat in the distance. And what I want to say is... Um, I feel by, I'm going to say June of next year, um, I feel very, very strong potential of you meeting somebody. Um, it almost feels to me through, I, I, I kind of want to say through mutual friends in, 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 in work, job, career, something like that, um, that you're going to end up meeting somebody that puts this other guy to shame. And what I mean by that, that that chemistry, that connection, that intensity in a good way is definitely going to be there. What I like about this new person's energy is he's showing himself to be more grounded than the guy that you were with. And he also shows himself to be more focused on what he wants and, you know, more or less able to orchestrate going out and getting it. So I certainly don't feel that you're going to have all the ups and downs and going around in circles that you had with with this recent guy that you ended things with. Um, I, I, you know, I, I still have that feeling that when you meet this guy, it's just, you know, you're going to know. Like that feeling that we're talking about that you know when something's right, right. for you. It's going to be that kind of feeling. 
And even though I know you fell for this guy that you were seeing from with Matt, with uh, Matt or Matthew, it's still I could feel in your energy where you didn't know, you didn't have that hundred percent knowing that it was right. I feel you had that question mark in your energy because I could feel it. Were you aware yeah. of that question mark feeling in, in your energy with this new guy? You're not going to have it. You're going to trust it. It's going to feel right. It's going to feel different than it felt with Matt. So he's out there. It doesn't feel that far in the future. I mean, I know when I say next, you know, June or something, it sounds like a long time, but it feels to me it's going to be a process for you. And not to say you're not going to meet other people or date other people or, you know, have fun and go out, but you asked me, you know, for, you know, the right person. And this energy that I feel um, out there next summer feels right. It feels tremendously aligned with your energy. So keep doing the work on you. I mean, you're going to be able to, you know, you could call, probably call back here in another three or four weeks, and you're going to sound like Julie by that point. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself to to work through this process and just understand that, you know, you, you're entitled to feel anything that you need to feel, and don't rush the process. You're, you're going to be fine with it. My gut feeling is, though, long before the end of this year, you're going to be able to see light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to be able to brush yourself up you know, pick up the pieces and move on. Well, once you move away from the situation also, you're able to see how crazy and uncomfortable and unnatural it was. Now while you're stuck in it, even if you don't like it, you kind of feel like maybe this is it, you know, there's nothing better. But this new person will show you that uh, the way it should be, that that there's one man for one woman, and, and if he goes away, you know where he's going, and, you know, some kind of rationality that you haven't really had. Yeah. Oh, thank you it's very much. Good. Huh? It's going to be good, Katie. This new guy coming in, it's going to be really good. Well, I'm excited. It's it's nice to have, like, hope. And, and honest to God, like, when I heard this topic of conversation, I was like, oh, my mom's running the show today. Cause she's always, <laughs> she's always <laughs> telling me to, you know, be positive, send positive thoughts out into the universe and, you know, be positive number one proponent of that and and it kind of reminded me of that today and I'm like you know if I believe it if I believe I'll be okay then I know I will be but it's not about wanting it's not about wanting to be able to like oh I have to believe I can so that's it you got it I mean that's truly learning the language of the universe so thank you well thank you very very much you've been very helpful thank you you're very welcome. Keep in touch. Let us know when things are really feeling better for you. I know by the end of the year, um, and I'm not saying it's going to take you that long, but certainly by the end of the year, you're going to be you're going to have picked up the pieces. But stay strong. Don't get pulled back into that situation. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. You're very welcome. You take care. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Um, Julie. Yeah. Do we have another we, caller? We do. We have Helen, and she wants to know where a specific love relationship is going. Okay, Hi, Helen. Helen. Hello. Hi. How can we help you? Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, it's um, there were a couple things that the previous caller was saying that uh, I could connect to in this relationship that I have with this guy, and that in the way that I don't feel valued in the relationship, but then he'll turn around and surprise me and show interest in me. Um, and 
send a message while he's doing that that, you know, it's long term and then he'll talk about the future and and you know, talk about when we're older and what we'll do and and then all of a sudden, you know, it can change again. So bipolar sometimes where he's distant, emotionally distant and and very uh interested uh in talking about other women and that kind of thing. It just throws me constantly. And his first name is? Thomas. All right, because when you were saying before, um, you know, that he starts talking about the future and all this kind of stuff, um, same bull. I mean, that I, you know, he doesn't feel ready. He doesn't feel capable right now. He feels to me... Um, he doesn't realize he's playing a game, but it almost feels to me, um, you know, that, that he, he so doesn't know what he wants in his life, but yet he's so afraid of losing you that when he feels um, in any way that something's threatened, he will take what to me feels like baby steps. It does not feel that he makes a grand to-do over it for any length of time. And for me, it feels, when I look at the energy, very, very choppy between the two of you and significantly more off than on. So it feels to me that these times when he does step forward are are not the the majority of the time. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it can be very lukewarm or, you know, even worse than that, you know, where he's just very emotionally distant and I can't reach him. And I'm constantly trying to talk to him about this, you know, in different ways, you know, just friendly and, and you know, not always talking about the relationship itself, but he knows what I want, you know, that I want um, even, you know, even temperament between us and and what that means to me. So he knows, you know, I'm not hiding it in a closet kind of thing. But see, there's two things that you just said. One is that he knows what you want, and if you were listening to the show, when you want something, you're going to keep it away from you. And the other part of it is something very important that we talk about here a lot, and that's honoring yourself. So what that means is if the man is not giving you what you want, there's no sense in talking about it. You basically say, and I'm not saying to say it like this because there's a lot more that you'd have to say to get to the point, but basically lay it on the line. You know, this this situation just isn't honoring me, and not that you're not doing this or you don't call or you don't blah, 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 because then he could be defensive and say whatever he wants to say. But if you say what works for me in a relationship or what I'm not getting in this relationship or it hurts me when you do this, um, you know, he can't be mad. He can't say anything because you're entitled to feel hurt or upset or whatever in, in, in those particular situations. But more important what I feel, Helen, is every, I feel you do, you are so much the glue that holds this relationship together. And when he gets distant, I feel you are very much trying to bring him back into your life. And then when he comes back in, um, you know, it, and, and he says all these things and everything, you're open and you're receptive towards it. And what ha- and is that true that that's how it plays out? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when that happens, what, what you're really doing is by chasing after him when he's distant, you're, at, you're actually um, giving him attention and give, the way he sort of 
translates it is he's being rewarded for his negative behavior. And what you're actually doing is creating a situation for this open-door policy. So therefore, he knows at a drop of a hat, he can just step back into your life, coo you, and say all these wonderful things, get anything that he wants from it, walk away from it, and you're going to start chasing after him again. Wow, isn't that like a wonderful thing? Isn't that a wonderful way to get attention and to feel wanted and loved? I mean, think yeah. about it. Think about how you would feel if, you know, you end up training people to treat you that way because you're giving him all this attention when he's not attentive towards you and it makes him feel good. It doesn't make you feel good. So that's where I say you're not honoring yourself. And, and you know, you're also ending up rewarding the bad behavior. The best approach is when a man is distant, ignore him. And then when he comes back, if he's been distant for two weeks, then when he comes back in, don't rush to, to, to start talking to him and to give him whatever he wants. Allow yourself to be distant. The, the ideal thing, if he was distant, distant for two weeks, then be distant for a week or two or, or three or four days. I mean, don't, you know, like at a snap of a finger. I can't tell you how many women that I deal with um, where the guy emails or calls, and one second later they feel they have to give a response. That basically gives the message to the guy that you're sitting there waiting for him. And when you do that, you know, the majority of men are not thrilled by that. The only thing it does is feed their ego, and the only thing it does is encourage them to step away more and then have that excitement again. Well, because they're afraid they're going to be changing diapers soon. You know, a lot of men have fear of commitment, and when he's trying to please you by saying things like, when we grow old together, we're going to do such and such, it sounds like he's trying to give you what you want in in a very immature way, but maybe he pulls away because God only knows what's wrong with him when you said he seems a little bit bipolar, and and he knows that he, he can't really give you fully what you need or what any healthy woman needs. That might be part of the problem, too. Well, then I start to make a plan that when things get better for me, when I uh, become employed, you know, I'll just give them the distance that you're talking about, you know, not play into or engage in this this terrible pattern that we've got going. It's very exhausting. And, you know, now I'm starting to feel a little like, you know, this. is there any hope for this? Well, if you keep on the way you're going, um, it's, you know, eventually going to sort of destroy it because you're going to get to the point where, um, you know, there almost is no fixing it. And he's also going to be so trained to do any – you know, to do the wrong things, I mean, you're not training him to honor and respect you. Unfortunately, it's getting into this, you know, downward spiral. So if you if you work to change things and, and you know, sort of define your boundaries, and if he doesn't respect and honor those boundaries, then don't keep that door open for him. If you do that, I mean, there's some potential of it, um, you know, Refreshing. I'm not saying it's going to do a 180 by any means, but it feels like it would refresh a bit and certainly be more 
rewarding, but he is who he is, and that's really the way it's coming through, and he kind of feels like this is his MO, and he's not fully ready to fully commit into a relationship or fully be there for anybody. I mean, we've been talking the past few weeks about fear of commitment and, you know, different things of that nature, and he feels in a way, I'm not saying he hasn't been in committed relationships because I feel that he has, but it feels to me that once he's in that committed relationship, he becomes very unavailable. That's sort of like to get that commitment is the goal. And once he's got that commitment, he fades away. He just does. And I would be extremely surprised if this wasn't a pattern that he's had in previous relationships. So it doesn't feel oh, right. like this like this is the guy that's going to give you, you know, fulfill all your needs and desires and give you everything that you want. But, you know, if you modify things a little bit, it could get somewhat better. Dr. Jean, you were you wanted to say? Yeah, no, I was saying it seems like a long-term lifetime pattern. I think this is a character trait. I, I don't think it has to do with her and the relationship. So you don't blame yourself, but you say, do I want to be with this person in any long-term way? And I think you're already saying no. As soon as you get on your feet, you're going to start looking toward the door. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to walk. And mm-hmm. so two-thirds really of don't... me is ready to walk. <laughs> Well, it feels like in the long run that's the best decision for you. I feel that there is somebody else out there that you can really build a life with. With this guy, it just feels to me that it's going to be going in circles. He just doesn't feel ready. He doesn't feel like he knows what he wants, and he feels to me he sort of lives his life feeling that there's something bigger and better out there for him. Um, and that's why he does this. He's afraid to, to settle because he thinks there's something better. Okay. So, um, you know, work on yourself and get yourself to the point where you can honor yourself and do what really is aligned with your energy, and you will you will meet somebody better. I have no doubt about that. Okay. Right. We're just about Thanks. out of time, so good luck to you, and let us know how it works out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, do we have time for our regular closings here? Um, well, let's try. Julie, let's start it. If we get cut off, we get cut off. I'm sorry, I was I was muted. Um, oh, okay. I, there's only a minute left, so do you just want to... Okay, I could just say my spiel here. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a great <laughs> show, and to the callers who um, didn't get on the air, please either send in a mailbag question, and if you do send in a mailbag question, please um, provide some background and details, because if it's read on the air, um, you know, if you want it to get on the air, we need it to be something more than, you know, what's the next three months going to be like for my love life, because that, that kind of question is not going to get on the air. Uh, and... Also, our mailbag question tonight was a great question. So, um, you know, keep 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 sending them in to us, guys. I mean, they were great, great questions. But thank you to all our listeners for inviting us into your homes and lives. We love hearing from you. Thank you to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Judy Zellman. Uh, Judy, now you're a Judy, Julie. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Judy Zellman. 
Um, many blessings to each of you. See, I'm trying to rush here. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and have a great week, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Next week, we're going to be able to take more callers. I'm going to try to give at least half of the show to taking more callers um, because we really ran over. The beginning of the show is going to be helping Dr. Jean get this yes. book published. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good night, all. Thank have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back here next week. Good night. <laughs>